And welcome back to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan Dozell and myself, Son Edom, talk about the things of this world that go on through a biblical perspective. And Dan, we just recently got done with Easter and the uh, Easter or the spring holiday season with Lent and Holy Week. Start with uh, Palm Sunday into Good Friday and then the Resurrection Sunday on Easter. And one of the things that came to mind through this whole process, you know, was the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, and there was conversation, you know, when Jesus died, kind of what happened to him. You know, he makes this triumphant march through hell, as some would say, and let everybody know that he's going to be victorious because he's going to rise again, and he's going to fulfill all the prophecies and everything. And then, more importantly, by rising again, we have now forgiveness of sin for those who repent. But And so now we have access to heaven. But one of the things that I find interesting is that whole heaven concept, because the Bible is very limited on some of the things, you know, much of what we get from heaven is a futuristic look from John in Revelations, and it does give some description as to things that are going on and things that he saw that he shares. But then also there's some other, you know, people that have claimed that they went to heaven um, you know, you've got uh, Don Piper's 90 Minutes in Heaven, and then you have like uh, Colton Burpo, who was like a three or four year old kid that claims he went to heaven, and then there's others that have, you know, supposedly gone to heaven and have come back and have since described uh, what their experience was like. And so I thought maybe that's something that we can kind of just touch on as we kind of conclude the the holy season of Easter and Holy Week and Lent and all that, and uh, just kind of talk about heaven. What's heaven uh, possibly like? Is it, you know, how can we explain some of these things of people going to heaven and what they saw? And uh, just kind of touch on that for this uh, topic of conversation on this episode. Yeah, Son, it's a, it's a wonderful topic anytime. And I suppose right now on the heels of Easter, it, it's especially relevant. Uh, you know, I think there are a lot of people in our society today who don't spend nearly enough time thinking about uh, the eternal, thinking about the fact that they have an immortal soul, which, of course, not everybody believes that. You know, there are a lot of people who believe that when you die, they put you in the ground and that's it. They, they don't have the discernment biblically. They don't accept the, the clear biblical teaching that we have an immortal soul. Uh, and, and because we have an immortal soul, it is essential that a person, uh, that, that they get help for their soul. And as the Bible describes it, that your spirit come alive or that you be born again, uh, that you be forgiven, uh, that you be washed of your sins. And as you say, son, there are different people who had different experiences. Heaven is for real. Little Colton Burpo, uh, you know, right here in Nebraska, in western Nebraska, his dad uh, being a pastor, uh, and then Colton having his, um, you know, his his experience where he uh, he describes going to heaven. You mentioned Don Piper, the Baptist minister, not to be confused with John Piper, which is a very well known uh, name in Christian circles. He's another Baptist pastor who's been a pastor up in Minnesota. Um, there at a church for a long time uh, before he uh, retired, I guess, essentially. Maybe he's still doing some work. But, uh, but Don Piper had an automobile accident, and he wrote a book called 90 Minutes in Heaven. And, you know, one thing that really impressed me about that book, Sean, was that 
He said, you know, don't believe in heaven because of my experience. Believe in heaven because of what the Bible says about heaven. And I found that to be very credible. And I found that to be um, something very good. You know, I will say, though, Son, one thing that puzzles, I think, many, many Christians is that a Christian as famous and perhaps the most famous really Christian of all time, the most famous follower of Christ of all time, was the former persecutor of Christians, Saul Tarsus, who became the Apostle Paul. And Paul, the Bible says, um, was was given an experience where he said he, he went to the third heaven and he didn't know whether it was in the body or out of the body, but he went to the third heaven. Now, what we should say on that is the Bible doesn't teach that there are levels in heaven, but what, what Paul was saying there is, is that the third heaven, you know, the first heaven would be the sky that we see above us. You know, people talk about up in the heavens. Then you've got outer space. That's like the second heaven that you, you can't see with the natural eye. You know, uh, although with, you know, telescopes and so forth, and now the Hubble telescope, I mean, we, we can see a lot more than, than they could have seen, obviously, centuries ago. Uh, but then the third heaven uh, is, is really what Paul's addressing there is um, heaven itself, paradise. Um, this realm that is beyond this world. But, but where I'm going with that, Son, is somebody as great as the Apostle Paul said he saw things and heard things that are inexpressible, and then he wrote things that man is not permitted to tell. So, you know, the, the thing I've wondered about is it's interesting that Paul wasn't able to tell these things. Um, and, you know, Maybe, maybe God, you know, as, as we're now 2,000 years down the road from the death and resurrection of Christ, maybe God has, you know, kind of decided that he's going to allow some glimpses uh, for some people who he then obviously is um, planning to have them report on what they've seen. And, um, but, but we, we still cannot say with 100% certainty, nor do we need to say, that Don Piper actually was in heaven or Colton Burkle was in heaven. Although, I will tell you, Son, I really lean toward believing those were real, legitimate experiences that God allowed them to have. Um, I, I, I find both of those to be credible. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. There's a, a, a very uh, popular uh, book, a uh, New York Times bestselling book by John Burke called Imagine Heaven came out a few years ago, and he went into detail there, Son, on near-death experiences, and specifically 100 people who had near-death experiences because he wanted to investigate that really in-depth, which he did. But it's quite interesting when you read what has happened to people, whether they've been on the operating table or like Don Piper in a car accident, where their soul has left their body and seemingly gone to float around up above them. I mean, people talk about, you know, I was like looking down at my body and the operating table, or I was taken like up on top of the hospital, or we, we kind of went off to this area or something, or um, this, uh, you know, this, this street we were going down or whatever. But they describe things, for example, I think there was one person uh, who had a 
near-death experience was talking about things they saw on the roof of the hospital, which they would have had no way of knowing, you know? I mean, I mean, and of course, that's just one of many, many people who gave many examples of things they saw, things they heard people saying. Um, but, but the point is, Son, these are all, you know, kind of anecdotal pieces of information that, as John Burke put them together in Imagine Heaven, to help people realize that there is life after death. There is a next world. You don't die and then just, you know, go into the ground and you, you are no more. And that's a very popular view that, that people have. So it could very well be, and it, it would seem to be, Son, that we're maybe in Paul's day, maybe, um, not maybe, but we know in Paul's case, um, he, he was not allowed to tell what he saw. And, you know, that could be, Son, because when the gospel was first getting off the ground, um, you know, as, as today, the focus needs to always be on the gospel message, what it means that we've sinned and that God has reconciled us to himself by sending Christ so that when we receive Christ by faith, our sins are forgiven and, and we're given the free gift of eternal life. I mean, that's the focus, not, not all the other things that are going to be part of our eternal existence in heaven, which are going to be amazing. But let's face it, we, we can't, it's going to be hard for us to really grasp whether the Apostle Paul was saying it or whether like Don Piper would be today. If you want to get close to some of those things, um, look at what John wrote in his, uh, in his revelation, the final book of the Bible. I mean, there we, we, we get really, I think what you, what, what you would say, son, is really one of the best pictures of, of heaven. But even that is only uh, the tip of the iceberg. Uh, because as Don Piper described in his 90 minutes in heaven, he said he saw things, you know, he saw colors you never see on earth. He heard sounds. And he said it was an explosion of the senses. And I'll tell you what, son, that makes sense biblically be, be, because I do believe that when we die, we instantly become more alert than we've ever been. And that would go for the person who's going to heaven as well as the person who's going to hell. And God wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So I think it's a great topic, son, for right after Easter. Um, I think it's always a good time uh, to have um, people thinking about the topic of eternity. You know, some people have argued, well, you know, those Christians, they're so heavenly minded, they're of no earthly good. And yet that doesn't quite fly because when you look at the Christians who had the greatest impact in the world and helped the most people, both spiritually, but also with physical needs and humanitarian efforts on that level, the people who helped the most have been those Christians who thought a lot about heaven and what Christ has done for us to go there. But that's motivated them to want to reach as many people as they can, meeting their spiritual needs, their physical and emotional needs. So I, I think our problem in America, Son, many times tends to be, you know, as Christians, we're so earthly minded, we're a little heavenly good. I mean, that's a problem we all experience um, when we let our minds become filled with things of this world or material things or other issues that, that we just allow to dominate us. And so we're not praying for that lost relative or that lost coworker or that lost neighbor. We're not, you know, doing what we can to reach out and witness or support, you know, mission work around the world. So it's a very good thing to think about heaven. 
And I, I think it's a very good thing all the time. And, and the last thing I'll say for right now on that song is it's so sad that so many people don't know um, whether or not they're going to heaven because they've never heard and embraced the gospel, or they assume they're going to heaven because of what they do. And they've never heard the truth of how you get to heaven, which I know we're going to be getting into today. So if you're listening to this podcast today and you're one of those who maybe isn't quite sure whether or not you're on the highway to heaven, please listen to this entire podcast. And by the time we're done today, just like with so many of the podcasts that Son has and these discussions that we have, um, we, we cover issues that deal with your eternity. Um, that's why this podcast is called Sanctified Reason, because God will give you insights and reason that is on a higher level. It, it's based on scripture. It's based on God's word. So, Son, I'm really glad you know, that you're toppling this, to, uh, tackling, I should say, this relevant topic. Uh, a couple things. First off, um, you know, God who created everything obviously can allow anything if he wants it to. So if he wanted to allow a sneak peek into heaven, I believe he could obviously let make that happen. Um, sure. You mentioned Saul. I do believe there were some things that took place in the early part of the church right after the resurrection. And as Paul and the other apostles were out there spreading the gospel um, that were there for a reason. Like, for example, one of the things that people often talk about in today is, you know, women in the church and maybe women in the church should be silent. And I just want to use this as a quick example. J. Vernon McGee sure. did a great sermon or a couple sermons or whatever on the reason why. And one of the reasons why was because there was a lot of female worship, a lot of goddess worship at the time, you know, with these, with these idols that were going on, you know, the world Christianity was being introduced into the world. And as Christianity was being introduced in an effort to make Christianity stand out different from all the other pagan religions that were going on, God required certain things so that it would stand out to be different. So, again, with those two things kind of uh, mentioned, Mm -hmm. you know, God can't allow anything because he created everything. And he does want us to have a certain, you know, wants to have certain requirements because he wants us to stand out differently than the rest of the pagan world. Um, And so, and then the third thing, if we really want to know what heaven's going to be like and we really want to um, get there, then we should, A, seriously repent of our sins and have a relationship with Jesus, and then we won't, it won't matter yes. because eventually we will get there. That's uh, right. You know, and so we, can, we have that assurance that we will get to heaven one time, that blessed assurance, if Jesus is ours, yes. that we will get to heaven. So with that being said, I'm probably more skeptical when it comes to some of these things. Uh, sure. Because, and here's the reason why. Okay, so uh, one time I think somebody asked Billy Graham, you know, about the whole thing, you know, has anyone ever come back from the grave or have anybody come back to speak from the dead to speak about heaven? And the answer, you know, a lot of people answered no to that. And uh, so they were asking Billy Graham and he responded that, you know, he felt that that was true, that, you know, no one has come back from the grave or no one can be in the presence of God and come Mm -hmm. back to tell about it except Jesus. He was the only one. Um, And so in the back of my mind, I've always kind of had that there, you know, again, Billy Graham's just an earthly guy like the rest of us. But again, if you want to talk about, uh, you know, someone who might be able to speak on something with authority, he would be one that I find very credible. 
Um, the other thing too is, you know, scripture does not promise any earthly glimpse of heaven. And so that's another, another thing. And then I guess this is the question that I really wanted to ask you because and get your opinion on it is, is Mm -hmm. that okay. First of all, and then the third thing I was going to say is that, um, most of the things that people describe, like you mentioned, Don Piper said there's colors and there's sounds and there's things that he can't describe, but a lot of people describe heaven in earthly uh, in earthly standards, you know, they talk about yeah, heaven yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. Worth, and so I just don't think that if you, if heaven is such a place yeah. that I don't think you can put it into words. And so I think by describing it with earthly um, words, it takes yeah. away and diminishes yeah. and it gives us a perspective of heaven that is, isn't real. If that makes sense. You know, it's kind of like, why don't we yeah. have the, the 10 commandments? Why don't we have the Ark of the Covenant? Why don't we have Noah's Ark? Why don't we have these relics? I personally believe they're gone because people would start yeah. worshiping those artifacts and it would take right. away and diminish our focus and attention on God. And so I think that's yeah. an, another reason is that it takes away our focus and attention on what the true heaven is going to be like. Um, yeah, yeah. So go, I mean, go I ahead. If you want to respond. No, I think that's a very fair point, Son, and I think it's a very valid point and a very legitimate perspective of any Christian who, um, who, who looks at it that way. You know, one of the words you use, which I think is a very important word for us as Christians to understand, uh, Stan, you said you were kind of skeptical of some of these things, some of these, uh, you know, uh, testimonies of people who claim they've been to heaven, etc., uh, well, you know, being skeptical is a good thing when understood properly. Uh, for example, um, we just had a Bible study this past week on uh, Thomas. And when the Lord uh, appeared to the disciples after his resurrection, and when they were telling Thomas about this, he's like, hey, you know, unless I uh, see the nail marks, you know, in his hands, um, unless I put my hand into his side, um, I'm not going to believe it. Uh, he said, I, I won't believe it. Now, you know, Thomas has kind of gotten a bad rap, uh, you know, doubting Thomas. Um, but, you know, Thomas was skeptical. And I would say rightly so. Uh, you know, they were stunned out of their minds that Jesus was crucified and buried. Even though he had told them about that, their minds had not quite grasped that, yet they were still under this idea that Jesus was going to be setting up an earthly kingdom there for them. And then when he's crucified, it just blew their world away. Um, So when Thomas is hearing that other disciples, you know, women and men had seen the Lord, he's like, well, no, not me. Well, then they're gathering a week later, and Thomas is there. And the Lord, even though the doors were locked, the Lord just came into their presence. So the Lord had his glorified body, um, as we'll have a glorified body one day, a resurrection body. But what's very interesting, too, about that, that whole scene is that Jesus didn't have to use the door. Uh, he was not um, limited, uh, even though he, he, he still had uh, a, physical, a physical body. The reason we know that is he came to Thomas and said, hey, you know, um, touch me, reach out, you know, put your hand into my side. Thomas was able to see that Jesus had a resurrected body, but that it was him. It was the resurrected Christ, the same one who had died now with this resurrection body. And, and then the Lord said to Thomas, stop doubting and believe. So once he had that, that evidence, and, and I would say, Saad, that any skeptic of Christianity um, is, is doing a good thing 
to investigate the evidence. Um, we're supposed to do that as Christians. You know, um, in, in, in the book of Acts, the Bereans were commended because they searched the scriptures to see if what Paul said was true. They didn't even, they didn't even take Paul's word for it. Um, they said, well, hey, okay, we're going to see, you know, th- th- does this match scripture? Um, and, 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 of course, they had, um, you know, the Old Testament uh, scriptures. They had uh, all the prophecies. Um, they wanted to see, hey, is this guy who was a persecutor of Christians, and now he's had this conversion, and now, you know, he's one of us, but, um, you know, uh, is, does it square with Scripture? So that's one thing I wanted to say, that it's very good to be skeptical, and I, I don't think in any way um, it, it hurts a Christian's faith or needs to hurt their faith, whichever way they, they, they tend to think on these near-death experiences. Because I'll tell you, Son, I mean— I don't go out of my way looking for these because I know if I did, there's a bunch of them you could find on the internet. And, and I've listened to just a few of those or enough of some of those to know, you know, I would no more, um, you know, think that that was a legitimate experience than, than the man on the moon, because it just, I mean, there just be reasons why I would be very skeptical. Now I, I can't say for sure they didn't, but, but there are things with it that made me think, you know, I, I don't, I don't, personally think that they, they, they probably, you know, went to heaven, but, you know, they, they, they feel that they did now, or they believe that they did. Um, now with Don Piper and Colton Burkle, um, you know, uh, I won't be surprised if we learn when we get to heaven one day that they really did have these experiences. But ultimately, son, our faith is in the word of God. Um, and, oh, and one thing you were saying too, son, is that, you know, some of these people had some, some experiences that uh, it almost seems more like earth than heaven. Well, one thing we want to remember, too, though, is the Bible does talk about the streets of gold, and it, and it, and it, it gives these images and revelation of, of all the precious stones and the walls and the gates and, the, you know, the, the pearl gates and everything else. Um, but what we have to remember is this. Scripture also talks about a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. Now, sadly, the Jehovah's Witnesses, which have um, unbiblical doctrine, they don't have the gospel, they don't, you know, it's not a Christian group. Um, they teach in their false teaching that there's going to be a paradise on earth and a paradise in heaven. And they would point to that verse, um, among others, I suppose, to, to back up what they believe. But the Bible doesn't say that the new heaven and the new earth are going to be the homes, plural, of righteousness, but the home. So in other words, whatever heaven is going to be, um, it's going to be the home of righteousness, and it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So, uh, you know, there may be aspects. There may be aspects of heaven, son, that really surprise us, because maybe it's like, you know, the most beautiful you know, in the most beautiful places on earth, multiplied by a thousand, you know, I mean, you know, because I, I think some people, if you go to the other extreme, some people have kind of been turned off by this idea you sometimes see in movies and Hollywood will put off this idea um, that, well, heaven is just like this white space and it's just like blank. And I mean, people look at that and they're thinking, I mean, I'm going to be bored out of my skull. Um, probably hoping I can find a magazine to read because the harp music isn't going to do it for me. I mean, so, so they get these images in their mind 
that are so unbiblical, but that's all the world knows. And then when we hear an experience like Don Piper and so forth, and even some of these near-death experiences with what people would describe, um, it's kind of exciting to see what they've seen, because whether that's what heaven is going to look like or not, I think we need to be reminded that, like the Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. I mean, we're going to be blown away when we get to heaven. Um, you know, we're just going to be blown away on every level. And, and I, I like what you said, Son, about how I think we have to be careful that we don't try to answer questions right now, specific details about heaven that are unknowable to us, because that's not the mission. We, you know, God didn't say, go and figure out what heaven's going to be like. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, he promises heaven to us. And he even promised heaven to the thief on the cross who said, Lord, um, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And the Lord said to him, you know, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. So that's all it takes, huh? uh, a person reaching out to Jesus as a sinner reaching out and receiving the free gift of forgiveness and eternal life. That is how a person gains heaven. You don't earn it. You can't earn it. You don't buy it. Jesus paid for it. All you can do is receive it. And if these experiences that some people have, if a book like Imagine Heaven um, helps a person to, you know, really think a lot about the reality that their soul is going to, exist beyond the grave for all of eternity, then God can use that, I believe, um, to help a person trust the Lord. And by the way, in that book, Imagine Heaven, I mean, there were a lot of people that talked about, you know, having seen Jesus. Not everybody saw heaven. There were some in there that experienced hell, according to their testimony. And um, there was actually a, a book by another guy that we haven't mentioned yet, Son, 23 Minutes in Hell, by a guy named Bill Weiss. And, you know, he had, and he said he was a Christian when he had this experience, but, you know, he says God wanted him to have that experience so he could just know what that would be like. I believe he was a Christian, I, 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 if I remember that right, but I mean, I know he is now, but I, I think he was, I think when he had this uh, experience, the Lord just removed from him, you know, any awareness that he was a Christian. And so he had just like this experience of what the horror, or at least somewhat what the horror would be like to know that. You're in this terrible place. You're never going to have the opportunity to leave. And it was just, it was just horrendous. But so, you know, people have different takes on those things. Um, if, you know, if, if somebody's off to make a buck on that, well, then they're going to have to answer to God for that. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't put a lot of my first, I'm just talking about me now. I wouldn't put a lot of stock in probably many of, of, of you know, people, especially if they're writing a book for it. But like Bill Weiss said one thing that Don Piper said that I liked. I was glad he said this. He said, don't believe in hell because of my experience. Believe in hell because the Bible says there is a hell and there is a heaven. So whenever I hear that, I, I'm inclined to think, son, we're at least dealing with someone here who understands the authority of Scripture. Um, and if God decided to give them an experience that he wanted to use to warn others, um, I mean, I know God uses dreams to warn people. I mean, we have a guy in our church who, when he was in high school, Mike, he was not a Christian yet. And he had a dream, son, that he was standing before the Lord uh, on Judgment Day. And people were walking up to the Lord one at a time, and some were being welcomed into heaven. Others were being led in the other direction. And Mike got up to the Lord. 
And then the Lord said to Mike, just like it says in the Bible, depart from me. I never knew you. And Mike was like trying to like talk his way in. But he started to walk around the corner then. That's when he woke up. And you know, that next Sunday, Mike testifies that he went forward to church to profess his faith in Christ there in a, I believe it was a Baptist church that he was at. And, and he wanted to profess that, hey, um, I do believe Jesus died for my sins on the cross. And so from that day now, he's been a Christian. And Mike is like 67 today. So, you know, this is like 50 years ago. 50 years ago that Mike had that experience. So all I'm saying is, um, just like there are many Muslims who are being brought to Christ because they have a dream where Jesus comes to them. And, and, they, and they convert from Islam to Christianity. Um, God can use a variety of means, but it's always the gospel message that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. And that's the key there, son. Uh, we're going to have everlasting life, like you said, and we don't have to know what we can't know what it's going to be like. Our bodies wouldn't be able to contain it right now. Uh, our mind can't fully contain it right now. So we need to live by faith, not by sight. And I don't know what to make of a few of these um, folks like Don Piper and Colton Burpo and Bill Weiss. But I, I, my, my sense is with those three examples, I like the way they lift up Christ. They lift up the gospel. They lift up the authority of scripture. They, 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 they don't seem to be braggadocious at all about themselves. So that, that, gets, that piques my interest um, as, as compared with those, you know, prosperity preachers today who will do anything to make a buck um, and and they don't preach the gospel. So uh, it, it is an interesting uh, phenomenon to be sure. See, one of the things that I would just add is that if whenever anybody describes a view of heaven, it's going to be way better. You yes, know, it's like what, whatever you think heaven is. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. if you think it's a, a baseball park in the cornfield of Iowa, or whatever, you know, it's going to be way better than you could ever imagine. Yeah. And so that's just that's one thing right. to kind of keep in mind, even when you read and we talk about these things, whatever they say, it's going to be way better. Now you talk about revelations, yeah. you know, revelations 21, mm-hmm. you know, does have some pretty descriptive things, you know, as far as what might be there, you know, it talks about the new heaven, the new earth, new Jerusalem coming down 12 gates mm-hmm. or 12 pearls with each gate yeah. being made of a single pearl streets were pure gold, transparent as glass it talks about no yeah. sun, no moon, because God's glory and his radiance is going to light everything. You know, it talks about the, the 12th, uh, was it 24 thrones with the elders on it, with the crowns, you know. So there's a lot of description that goes on. So it's going to be something phenomenal that, um, that we're going to be able to be a part of. And that's the thing to keep in mind is that, you know, like you said, we're not supposed to focus on heaven as the entity itself, you know, because that's where we're going to end up one day eventually and whatever we think, it's going to be better. But what we really need to do is to make sure that, you know, our hearts are right, that our minds are right so that we can enter that place so we can be a part of God. Because whether you are 90 minutes in heaven or 23 minutes in hell, okay, at some point it's going to be all eternity in heaven or all eternity in hell. So even if you did kind of read those books and got a glimpse based on, you know, someone's Amen. perspective, just know that... Yeah. These people came back to earth. There's going to be a point in time where 
Nobody's coming back from that. And where do you want to be? Oh, that's right. Son. Do you want to be in yeah, that, that's great. an eternity of glory in heaven in whatever is being read on that aspect? Or do you want to be yeah. an eternity in hell, which is a pretty bad place with condemnation? Now, I've never read the book about 23 minutes in hell, so I'm not sure what he writes. Mm-hmm. But I can't, right. I can't imagine it being anything that's good compared to what people have written yeah. about what they saw in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Son. Um, no, I, I agree with all of that. And it's kind of like what you said earlier, um, you know, about how, you know, Paul was living at a time and, and Jesus ministered in a time where when the Lord came out of the scene, you know, women were not seen as being equal with men and the Lord really elevated um, woman to her rightful place alongside of man. And, and, and so the day in which they were living um, was a day when, you know, it, it just, there were, there were things that they needed to address that kept the focus on the gospel and didn't go off on other tangents, whether it be, you know, whatever. I mean, the, the, all, all the different ideologies and, and, uh, you know, there were a lot of, uh, you know, Gnostic ideas, you know, this idea of Gnosticism that, that sprang up where they, they claimed to have superior knowledge, um, you know, and, and then there were, you know, other, other cults that, um, you know, involved worship and, and, uh, you know, sexual practices or, you know, um, you know, adoration of maybe some of the heavenly bodies or of, you know, femininity or whatever it is. And, you know, they need, they needed the, the focus to be on the gospel. Um, on on what God did to save us. And it's really sad today, Saul, when you see some churches, some of the causes that some churches choose to get involved with that, well, and it's not just that, but, it, but it's that, that, that they do that instead of preaching the gospel. Because, you know, we're talking here about heaven and hell. We're talking about eternity. Um, people need to be saved, redeemed, justified, born again, and forgiven. And, and, and so as important as some of these causes are right here and right now, um, nobody's going to be thinking about any of those when their soul departs from their body at the moment of their death. And there are only two places the soul can go, either heaven or hell. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And then he asked Martha, do you believe this? And, of course, the Lord um, was in the process there of, of raising Martha's brother, Lazarus, who had been in the grave for four days. And, and that's what God's going to do, Son, with us and with all believers. No matter how many days, weeks, months, or years we've been in the grave. And there have been believers in the grave now for hundreds, you know, a couple thousand years uh, for some. Uh, but we're going to be raised up. Uh, and the Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive will be caught up with them in the air to meet the Lord, you know, in the air. And, and um, it's going to be an amazing thing. But, but the key is not that a person can somehow, mysteriously, or through somebody's testimony, know exactly what heaven is going to be like. Because we're, we're not going to know. I like what you said. It's, it's just it's going to be so much better than anybody's experience right now or their vision or their dream. I mean, so much better than that. 
But the key right now is to make sure, my friend, that Jesus is your Savior, that you're trusting in Him alone, His death for your sins on the cross, not in your works, not in your religion, not in your experiences, not in somebody else's vision of heaven or whatever, um, not even trusting in a near-death experience. You know, son, I think there have been some people who probably had a near-death experience where they saw the light. You know, they claimed to have seen a light, and then they come back. And maybe they said, oh, that gives me great peace. I'm going to be going to heaven. Well, my goodness, um, don't put your trust in the light that you, you may have seen on a near-death experience. Put your trust in the one who said, I am the light. You know, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Uh, and, and so I think there have been some people, saw who are not yet believers in Jesus, who've seen a light. But, you know, the Bible says the, day, the, the devil rather comes as an angel of light. So there could be some unbelievers. I mean, it's like they die and their first thing is, oh, I'm seeing light. Well, that's going to turn very quickly into darkness, into something that's not good at all, um, depending on what you've done with Jesus. Don't base your faith on even your own experiences. Base it on the cross. Don't base it on your feelings. Don't base it on whether you feel like you're a Christian or not. Believe the word. And when you believe God's promise, when you believe the gospel, God forgives your sins. So it's not about feelings, it's about faith. And yeah, there'll be times where you'll have uh, probably have some wonderful feelings that will flow within your Christian faith. Many, many Christians experience that. But don't ever base your faith on that. Don't ever think that somehow, you know, God doesn't love you as much if you're not having some of those experiences. We have to be very, very careful. In fact, sometimes, son, God will allow a Christian to go through what many describe as almost like a kind of a dry period where they can't seem to really be connecting with God. They're not really feeling his presence, okay? Um, but in those times especially, God's looking to us to trust his word, to stand on his promise. And when you can do that in spite of your feelings, then you know you're growing in your faith. Because, because it's not about what you're feeling that gives you the assurance at that point. It, it, and really, that should never be the, the basis of our assurance. Uh, but, but it's what God's word says. And God's word is very, very important to him. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. So I think your point, Son, about just remembering, having people remember that it's going to be so far better than what people experience. Maybe, you know, maybe that's why the Lord wasn't going to have Paul come back and and try to explain what he saw, because how, how are we going to really be able to, it's not going to be anywhere near as good, no matter what he describes, it's not going to be nearly as good as what we experience one day. You know, Dan, they, there's that conversation, you know, that playful conversation. If you could go back in time to a single event, where would you go? And, you know, not that I would really want to go back to anything. I mean, there's several, several things that you could choose, but as of this conversation, you know, one of the things that I thought would be uh, interesting place to be would be when jesus raised lazarus because lazarus yeah. was dead you know for four days and so you know i often have thoughts of lazarus like did he know he was dead and now he's like dude where am i what's going on or did he come out of the tomb and be like what's up dude how's it going you know just as if nothing happened yeah. Yeah. you know it kind of makes you yeah. wonder what uh what yeah. his response was to that but it was a powerful moment because you know it was a jesus wept 
uh, at the yeah. at the loss of Lazarus. Um, it's pretty yeah. dramatic in the testimony of, or the witness, I should say, with those that were there and witnessed that event. You know, Lazarus was dead for four yeah. days, and so there was absolutely no excuse as to, oh, he was sick. You know, because when Jesus died, they were fearful that people would come and steal the body, so they posted guards there. Yeah. Or they were fearful right. that there'd be some shenanigans going on to try to, you know, perp- uh, to kind of um, push forward this notion that Jesus was God and he was going to come back from the dead. And the Romans wanted to make mm-hmm. sure that, or the Pharisees, whomever, wanted to make sure that that notion wasn't put forward. And yet here in um, the Lazarus, you know, there wasn't that emphasis on a conspiracy, so to speak, but being dead for four days told everybody that this guy was dead. And yet yeah. Jesus, you know, and so the, so the significance of Lazarus coming back, the significance of Jesus coming back, it's quite different from, you know, Elijah and what Enoch, you know, walking with God and being taken yeah. away into yeah. heaven, you know, here are right. obviously Jesus being Jesus, um, but Lazarus, you know, dying and then coming back and how powerful yeah. that is. And I think it's just another yeah. reminder that, you know, as yeah. we go through life, that there's going to be death and that Jesus, you know, if we don't believe, you know, he's going to be he's going to be he's going to be sorrowful from the fact that he wants us all to come to heaven. But he gives us that choice. And if we right. we, we accept you and we've talked about it before, he's knocking, you know, the the um, uh, the portals that we talked about, you know, he's knocking yeah. on the yeah. portal of our heart and wants us to come in yeah. into our soul yeah. and into our being. But here, you know, um when we die, he's commanding us or he will command us and take us up to heaven ultimately. And so when you see Lazarus coming back from the dead or you see any of these other people coming back from heaven, they're coming back to an earthly world, a fallen world, a broken world. They're going to come back to a place where they're going to die again. And so we have to remember that the next time or the time when it's for us and we die like a Lazarus and Jesus says, you know, in essence, come forward. Lazarus rise up, you know, when we die and we come back to life, it's going to be in this glory with a new body, a new yeah. heaven, a new earth. And we're going to be there celebrating and worshiping the yeah. king, you know, our creator. And it's going to be something that, again, I have to go back to that we don't know. And it's going to be much greater than that, which we can even fathom. And I think that's the thing that, you know, we should kind of focus on when we hear about these things because there's going to be all kinds of things. You know, there's going to be all kinds of stories, especially in this day and age with uh, social media and how quickly things can fly through social media and messages spread. And, you know, unfortunately, I think right. there's a lot of people out there that if you say something in the name of God, people will jump on it. You mentioned, you know, uh, prosperity preachers. Uh, they say, yeah. you know, God told me to tell you to give me a thousand dollars and people will believe it, you know, and they'll just do it. So yeah. I think the main yeah. thing that we have to do that we can learn from this is realize that, you know, first of all, Jesus cares for each and every one of us. And that's why he died on the cross. Second, yes. he wants us all to come to heaven, but he gives us a choice. He's going to stand at the, the portal of our heart and either, whether we open it or not, you know, it's going to be up to us. Right. And then third, when he does invite us to come out of death, it's going to be an experience unlike any other. And it goes back to the Easter and the Christmas where the gift of eternal life was left at the foot of the cross. Jesus conquered death and yeah. sin. And when we die, we yeah. get to open that present, even though we have it right now, we get to physically yeah. open it upon our death because we will be resurrected yeah. into the heaven. Yeah, I tell you, absolutely, Son. And, and this makes me think right now how easy it is for anyone listening who may not yet be sure that heaven is their home. 
My friend, all you need to do is just say yes to Jesus today. Just say, yes, Jesus, I, I want to follow you. Yes, Jesus, I believe you died for my sins on the cross. Yes, Jesus, I, I want you in my heart. I want you in my life. Um, I, I, I want to live with you forever in heaven. Just say yes to Jesus today in your heart. Uh, and, and I would encourage you to, to say it out loud. I would encourage you to then, you know, um, let, let some other Christians know that, that you've asked Jesus to forgive your sins and you want to follow him. Because you're going to need a spiritual family to help you uh, to just keep growing in your faith now. Uh, because think about it. Um, when you were born into this world, uh, you had, you know, one or two parents who were there to care for you. Um, and, you know, that's what you need in, in, in a spiritual realm as well. You need, you, you need to have a, a place where you can now grow in your faith. And the Bible says, like newborn babies, Crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So receiving Christ is, is the beginning. He'll come in, as Psalm said, through that portal. He'll come into your heart. He'll wash away your sins through faith in him. And then you're going to start to hunger for the word of God and dive right in. I would encourage you, you know, maybe start with the Gospel of John. Read that. Read that. In fact, even if you're skeptical today, I would say read the Gospel of John. If you've heard all this today in the podcast and you're not even convinced, okay, a lot of people aren't convinced, um, you know, but, but re- at least be willing to, to read the gospel of John. Because here's the thing, my friend, if you're wrong and this message is right, which we're convinced it is, of course, but if you're wrong and this is right, I mean, look at what you lose. You lose your soul and you don't just lose it in the sense of being extinguished or annihilated. The Bible says there's a place of torment and agony, that's hell, and there's a place of ecstasy and just perpetual, continual joy beyond all measure, and that's heaven. So it should be a no-brainer for us, but as human beings, um, you know, we, we, need, we need the Holy Spirit to convert us. We need the Holy Spirit to work the miracle of the new birth. So please don't shut the door to God's word. Don't shut the door to what you've heard today, but rather open the door. Um, invite Jesus in. Ask him to forgive your sins. Trust him, and he will. That's all you got to do. Trust him to forgive your sins today. Don't trust in your works. Trust in his work on the cross. Say, yes, Jesus, and just you just watch how God's going to start to move in your life. Because once he comes in, your body becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit, which will happen right away when you're converted. Jesus will come in right away through that portal. You know, he said, here am I, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. So today is your opportunity. Don't put this off. Because I'll tell you what, my friend, people have done that. And some of those people who put it off, you know what? The next day, they lose interest. The next week, why? Because this isn't like something God plays around with. When God comes to you through um, someone in your life, whether it be uh, a loved one, a friend, uh, a message that you're hearing. Uh, I know for my, uh, for my brother-in-law, it was years ago when he was listening to a Billy Graham uh, sermon, a Billy Graham crusade. And, and that's when he was converted. But, 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 if, but if, you, if you hear this message today and you decline it today, there's no guarantee tomorrow, for one, that you'll be here on earth. But there's no guarantee tomorrow that you'll even feel drawn to it. I hope you're feeling drawn to it today. 
But but today is the day of salvation. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. Um, there was a beautiful song that the Winans family sang at Whitney Houston's funeral. It's called Tomorrow. You should pull that up online and, and listen to that. Um, but basically the song says, you know, tomorrow, um, uh, you know, how God doesn't promise, he, God hasn't promised you tomorrow. And tomorrow may very well be too late. But pull that song up and listen to that. The Winans family, it's on YouTube. Just Google Whitney Houston's funeral, Winans family. You listen to that song. Because I tell you, at that point in her life, and I hope she was saved when she died. But at that point, my friend, Whitney Houston was at a point that you and I are going to be at one day. Where Lazarus was at, you know, before the Lord then resurrected. And that was a very unique case, obviously. Um, but you and I are going to be at that point. You're going to be at that point. And, and Whitney Houston, um, when they were singing that song, there was nothing she could do. She was either in heaven, which I hope, and I won't even say the alternative because it's so unpleasant to even think about. But she, you know, she was already in her place of, of eternal residence where she'll never leave. And like I say, I sure hope that she was a believer in Jesus. But, but they were singing that song for the people in that funeral. I mean, it was on, uh, you know, it, it was on uh, national TV, really international TV, that funeral. But tomorrow may very well be too late. So today, just invite Jesus in, ask him to forgive your sins. And heaven will become your home immediately. You'll be saved, justified, redeemed, born again, and forgiven. Then read the Gospel of John, please, tonight. Read it tonight. And then just start diving into Scripture every day. And, and, and be sure to go to church next Sunday, as, as Billy Graham would always say. So I, I, have to, I have to borrow that line, Son, from Billy Graham. Be sure to go to church next Sunday. Uh, but, but I'm serious, my friend. Um, and if you don't have a church yet, and we'd love to help you find one, um, it's very important that you get connected to a, uh, to a solid Christ-centered uh, church that preaches the Word of God. And there are plenty of them out there, but that's going to be very important for your growth because Satan's going to come and try and steal what you've heard today, um, like seed that was planted today. And he's going to come and try and take from you what you've heard in this message. Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. And God will help you. God will bless you, my friend. Yeah, and if we've learned anything the last couple of years is tomorrow is not promised. I mean, how many people, you know, had plans to do X, Y, Z, and those plans were, you know, canceled or, you know, people were celebrating things and then got sick and weren't able to meet those dates, you know, because of COVID. And so we, it's a reminder that what we came through is that we need to be prepared. We need to be ready because we don't know. I mean, let's not even look at the, the negative. Look, what if Jesus decided to come back now? You know, what if he decided to come back tonight? Um, no man knows the time when he's coming back. And so we just need to make sure that we are ready and we're prepared. And I think the other thing, too, is we kind of maneuver some of these things and these, these kind of questions and some of these conversations is that, you know, I think the Holy Spirit gives us a peace. If we're truly um, in tune with and believing, I think that the Holy Spirit gives us a peace about the things that we can, can uh, you know, believe in and the things that if it's okay, if it's all right. Because um, there are many layers to it, and a lot of times if you are uneasy about something, you know, maybe there's something that's not true about it. But when you have the ultimate peace that I know I'm saved, I know I'm going to heaven, I know my sins have been forgiven, and I've got a peace about it, 
You know, he gives you the peace that passes all understanding. And when you find that peace, then you know something's right. And I think that's another thing that we kind of often neglect is that peace that we get from the Holy Spirit when we kind of maneuver the things that go on in this world. And, um, and he's, you know, and we get that uh, helpmate to come along. And so I think that's one thing that, like for me, I know and I can rely on is that presence of that makes sense about things that yes, whether yes. it's whether it's uh you know talking about 90 minutes in heaven or whether it's talking about um a woke disney or whether it's talking about uh you know uh preachers preaching some sort of false teachings or whatever you know i can have and stand with conviction in some of the things i say because i have a piece about the truth that is in the scriptures and the truth that is in the bible and if the bible doesn't back it then perhaps the devil is on your shoulder whispering in your ear. Yeah, and you know, Sean, what that makes me think of too is is that, like I said earlier, even though we never are to base our faith on feelings, there is, and Sean, you referred to this, I believe, at the beginning today, there is this blessed assurance, as Christians have called it, there is this assurance that once you accept Christ as your Savior, and once you are standing on the Word of God, um, you can truly experience the assurance of your salvation. Now, D.L. Moody said faith is like the root and assurance is like the flower. So there are some Christians who, you know, obviously they're Christian because they believe in Jesus as their Savior. So the root is there. The Holy Spirit's worked out. But they might honestly say, you know, I still struggle at times with knowing for sure if I'm going to go to heaven. I may be, you know, 80% sure, but other times I'm not so sure. Well, God will work to give you that blessed assurance as you stand on the word, not on your feelings, but on, on the word of God. And, and I thought of that song in, in relation to what you were saying here about just the peace that the Holy Spirit can give. Because after all, my friend, it's the Holy Spirit who works the miracle of the new birth. You know, Jesus said flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit then begins to develop within the heart of every Christian. Because the Holy Spirit's inside of you. Your body's his temple. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the first three things are love, joy, and then peace, which I refer to. So if you want peace in your life, um, accept Jesus. If you want God's love in your life, accept Jesus. If you want God's joy in your heart, accept Jesus. You say, but, but I got all these other issues going on. Accept Jesus. Doesn't mean all those other issues are just going to evaporate. But there is a peace that passes all human understanding that you need, that we all need, in the midst of our struggles uh, and, and in the midst of this life on Earth, which is so fragile. And we've learned that uh, in our world, just having gone through COVID. I mean, just how fragile life is. So, my friend, you may you may feel very healthy today, but none of us are promised tomorrow. So that peace that Psalm was talking about is something God wants to give you. And, and Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. But it's very important that a person take Jesus up uh, on his words there, that you, you accept his invitation, that you come to him. And you do that by faith as you trust him as your Savior from sin. Dan Dozell with us as we talk about some of these things that go on in this world through a biblical perspective. Dan, thanks so much. We appreciate your time and your insight into these conversations and into heaven. And again, I would just uh, reiterate to people from my perspective that whatever you hear about heaven, whatever you think about heaven, it's going to be far greater than you can ever imagine. And all you have Amen. to do is make sure that you are prepared by accepting Jesus yes. as your Savior and repenting of your sins. Dan, thanks so Amen. much. We appreciate it. Thank you, Son, for 
all you do here with the podcast that you um, are just reaching, you know, just people through this beautiful uh, mechanism here and this tool. And thank you for allowing me to, to be a part of it with you. I look forward to our next visit. And uh, for those of you listening, hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. You can find us on RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P. Just click on the uh, Sanctified Reason um, logo, and all of our shows uh, will pop up. And so, again, uh, uh, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.